welcome back to the Go For Two pod. This is our last division preview. I'm your host, Liam, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Muggs NFL. It's Patrick. Patrick, mate, how you doing? Yeah, excellent. We've saved the best division till last, I think, haven't we? Yeah, best division till last. Probably one of the biggest off-seasons as well, between the three. Well, actually, yeah, all four teams had pretty crazy off-seasons, haven't they? Um, so, yeah, it should be a good one. This is my third, going to be my third AFC West pod of the week. So... Uh, <laughs> I've been a guest on two others, so I've talked a lot of AFC West, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, before we move on to that, I guess we have to cover the biggest news, which is Sky Sports picking their games for Sunday, uh, which I do feel like is a bit of an anticlimax every year. Um, they've gone with, I don't know who's at home, but they've gone with Dolphins Pats, haven't they, on the 6pm slot. Uh, and then the 9.25 slot is Vikings versus Packers. Um, which means they basically pied off, I think Steelers Bengals in the 6pm slot, they pied off Chiefs Cardinals in the 925 and also the probably the one I thought they'd select, which is the Raiders Chargers in, in, in the late slot. Um, what are your thoughts on, on those two games? Is it, is it kind of just, right, let's pick the ones with the most fans in the UK, you think? Feels like it. 6pm game was 50-50 between that and the Bengals. And then I'd like to have seen um, AFC West teams go head to head, I think. Uh, I, I, I tweeted it earlier and then I was like reading... Um, other threads of people talking about it and people are like, oh, you know, who cares watching Red Zone? I actually think it matters a little bit because obviously Sky have been the provider of the NFL for like 30 years and there's still a lot of people that just watch kind of whatever game is on. So it's, you know, I, I put a little bit of importance on it. I think they played it safe, I think, with the um, Patriots and Dolphins. Like I said, that, I mean, when you got a Super Bowl, team from last year, the Bengals playing the Steelers, I think that was maybe, but, you know, that's a toss-up. I don't think that's the right game in the evening. I love the Chargers and the Raiders. I just think that's a great game. Kick off the West, which is definitely the best division in football. It's one of the most stacked divisions ever that I can ever remember. Yeah, it would have been quite cool to, I know it's not the first game, but it would have been quite cool to open the season with the same game that we finished on last season, you know, with that Chargers-Raiders one that everyone loved, the matter who you supported, that was a hell of a game, wasn't it? Going to overtime, all the fourth downs, the fact yeah. they could have tied and they didn't, the drama of Derek Carr saying they were going to just go for a tie until the Chargers called that timeout. Um, I thought it had been quite a cool story just to flip that back and just rerun it this season. But yeah, they've gone with uh, they've gone with Vikings-Packers, which I do think will be a better game than Dolphins-Pats. I'm not expecting much from Dolphins-Pats. <laughs> I'm expecting some good defence, I guess, but um, I think the offence of both teams could be a little slow at the gates. But... Yeah, that's Sky Sports. They uh, they like the ratings. And if you're a t- fan of those teams, I guess some people prefer to watch it on Game Pass, don't they? Because they get obviously less. Um, they get less. I know they get more American adverts, but they get less of those pure breaks. You know, we're not talking football at all. So I think if you're a fan of the Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, I guess maybe you're happy that your team's on Game Pass. Um, I know I'm happy because it means Tony Romo gets a comment on the game. So <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm a bit of a Romo fan. But yeah, we'll see. Um, cool. Let's go on then. AFC West. Um, last year we had the well, we had two playoffs teams. Nearly uh, could have been three if the Chargers would have won some games earlier in the season, but they had that bit of a poor spell in the middle. So Chiefs won the division, twelve and five. Um, Raiders finished ten and seven in the end, obviously in that shootout to win the game. And Derek Carr played well down the stretch of the season. Obviously got lost in the playoffs. A game I think they probably should have won against the Bengals, probably. Um, and then Chargers finished nine and eight, winning record. Um, but unfortunately did really kind of start at the end there. I think they lost to the Broncos quite badly. Um, obviously lost to the Chiefs in overtime and then lost to the Raiders in overtime as well. So not a good end to the season against fellow division teams there. And then the Broncos, I kind of forgot they won seven games, but they managed to somehow win seven games again with a really poor quarterback. What are your kind of memories of this division last year? Because I, I felt like as a whole, the division actually probably disappointed than what we thought on paper. Yeah, I would agree with you there, especially the Chargers. You know, I mean, even last year, there was a, a hell of a lot of hype, obviously, with uh, Herbert again. But uh, I actually forgot um, the Chiefs had a real bad start, didn't they? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like had a losing record through quite a few weeks. And then the, the Tennessee game at, at Tennessee was 27-3, to and it was, yeah, not looking great at all. But obviously then... The, Chiefs, I think they marched off like six, seven in a row. I think, oh, actually eight in a row to end the regular season. So it was, yeah, great, great division last year. 
disappointed at the end, I think. And then the Raiders were... It was a strange game, wasn't it, against Cincinnati in the uh, wild card round where kind of the Raiders never looked like winning, but the game was never put to bed <laughs> until the end, wasn't it? So Yeah, I think we both picked the Raiders as well. To admit. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I was not convinced of the Bengals, and that's probably why they went to the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, the Bengals knocked both those teams out of the playoffs as well. In, in games that I think both teams feel like they should have won, and both teams' second halves, I know the Chiefs more so because the first half was so good, but second halves, even of the Raiders game, um, both offences really kind of, collapsed against the Bengals defense that definitely took them to the Super Bowl. They were really, really good. But yeah, Chargers disappointing at the end. Um, and Broncos, very much the same for, for the Broncos, wasn't it? It was all about the quarterback, all about the wide receiver injuries. Um, a good defense, but probably an overrated one. And then you just can't win enough games if you if you don't score enough points. That feels like the, the Broncos, especially when they play out of division. They really struggle to beat teams out of the division with uh, on the road just because they can't score enough points. But yeah, um, flash forward to probably a division that's had the craziest craziest uh, off-season of them all. We'll start with the team that won it, so we'll start with the Chiefs. Um, obviously, no uh, major coaching changes there, apart from uh, the ex-Chicago Bears head coach, Matt Nagy, coming back to be the quarterback coach. I don't know if you remember that move from about four months ago, but um, yeah, I mentioned this to a non-Chiefs fan this week on a podcast, and they just completely forgot that Matt Nagy was the quarterback's coach of the Chiefs after being uh, head coach last year. Um in terms of the off-season, we had probably the second or the biggest non-quarterback trade in a while. I think this division's involved in both of those. So uh, Tyreek Hill, obviously, less went to Miami. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the offense. Uh, Melvin Ingram actually also went to Miami, which is a bit of a shocker. Uh, Tyron Matthew was a uh, free agent they didn't sign, and he eventually signed with his hometown Saints. Uh, Chavaris Ward went to the 49ers that we spoke about in the last episode. Uh, Jaron Reed went to the Packers. And then Patrick's put Dan Sorensen here, probably just to give me nightmares about <laughs> that, how bad he was as a safety. So there we go. Um, in terms of free agents additions, the biggest one was probably uh, Justin Reed to replace Tyron Matthew all the way from the Texans. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster came in as wide receiver number one. Uh, Valdez Scantling came in as wide receiver number two. Uh, and then Carlos Dunlap got added probably about three weeks ago uh, to that edge group. And then in the draft, obviously, because of that trade, they had loads and loads of picks. So Trent McDuffie got added in the first round alongside George Karloftis. Sky Moore and Brian Cook got added in the second round. And then my boy, Pacheco, got added in the seventh round. Uh, but funny enough, they're going to have a starting cornerback uh, in the fourth round as well, Joshua Williams. So pretty good, pretty good draft. What are your kind of, before we look at the depth charts, in terms of the offseason, I know it's the Tyreek Hill trade, but now you've looked at the whole thing. Um, has it gotten better than, than you thought it was after that trade and things looked a bit ropey when they hadn't signed many players at that point? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I think the overall roster strength feels as strong, but I think my opinion still stands that when you lose a superstar, you kind of the notches have come down. Do you know what I mean? I think just Hill, just losing Tyreek Hill and then replacing with Juju and Velda Scantlin. I'm sure the offense will still roll and be good, but just kind of that big play ability, especially the big times as well. We saw it in the playoffs last year. So. Yeah, I expect the Chiefs to be there or there about the top of the division. We'll talk about that later, but yeah, I think the, draft, the draft is so important because I, I actually forgot how good the, the Chiefs draft was. And if those players can, I'd like to say they've got a starting corner as well in the fourth, and kind of the guys in the first and second round can perform, I think, yeah, it's a, such a strong roster. I'm looking forward to see Sky Moore, actually. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I think it might take some time for him to get in the offense, but I bet there'll be some games in the first five weeks where he does a play touchdown, do you know what I mean? Or a long reception where you're just like, okay, we can see the flash here. But I think you'll know from your time when, when Andy was at the Eagles, it can take rookie receivers a while to get going with him just because the offense is quite complicated, isn't it? But um, I think the highs of him will be pretty good. I've got my uh, jersey ordered that hasn't arrived yet, but I've got it on now. <laughs> How long's that been out? For about six months? <laughs> yeah, since the draft. <laughs> Day after the draft. Uh, apparently it's due to come in September. So here we go. We're, we're in September. Um, quick question then about the off-season before we go on to the depth charts. Um, Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis, both first-round picks. Uh, which one do you think needs to have a better season if this team for this defence is going to be good? So... Which one's impact could be bigger? Is it that edge rusher alongside Frank Clark and Chris Jones? Or will it be the person who's going to be cornerback number one, I guess, on the outside? Or maybe number two, I guess. But 
Oh, mate, for me, it's, too, it's a tough question, that. Um, you know how, how much I love kind of up front. But when I see the depth, obviously, if, if Frank Clark can kind of... Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more experience up front, isn't there, than in the second Really, game. I'm just looking at the depth chart now. I just think, yeah, I mean, a lot. obviously everyone loves kind of Chris Jones or whatever. For me, I just feel like it's... Sorry about that. I'm going to stop that a minute, shall we? <laughs> the desk kind of just nearly collapsed itself. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll go back in, shall I? Yeah. Yeah, for me, I- I'm going to go McDuffie, actually, just because on paper the secondary doesn't look great to a fan kind of outside the division and kind of who may not be familiar with all the players. Kind of, Obviously, you've got... I mean, a cornerback, if he plays, he's going to be kind of cornerback one. And what, what else is there there? Kind of like Rashad Fenton. And I mean, yeah, you just said Joshua Williams. And obviously, you've got Sneed there as well. But I mean, it's not deep. So I think if McDuffie can produce as a number one, I think that's going to be more important than kind of if Carl Aftis can step to the game. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Kyle Otters could have the higher ceiling, but I think McDuffie needs to have the higher floor for the defence to be good. Because if you look at the depth chart, and the depth chart we're looking at is also correct from all what the media says in Kansas City, that George Kyle Otters won't even start initially. He won't, be a, he won't be a first down player. Obviously, a lot of that is because Spags likes to stop the run, but he will be a he'll be a high rotation player. He'll play loads of snaps, but he won't start. So I do think McDuffie's going to play every single snap, <laughs> basically, that... Uh, that he's healthy for. So I think, yeah, I'm probably with you on that. Um, looking at the defence then, what's your sort of, you're a defence man. What sort of area of the defence do you like? Because for me, it's the linebacker group that you look at and you're just like, that. compared to what the Chiefs have had in the last five years, that is just out of this world in comparison to that with how athletic and young they are. Yeah, I would. I have to agree with you straight away there because obviously we didn't talk about um, Leo Chanel who they drafted in the third round this year as well. I absolutely love uh, Nick Bolton. I love, yeah, the pick. I love the pick last year and I thought he had a great season actually so I'm expecting that to be even better this year but yeah with Willie Gay as well it's a great yeah. great group yeah it's young as well which I think it's young and athletic I think that makes a difference when you're going to have so many teams passing against you do you know what I mean you're not going to have to have two absolute massive units just stopping the run in this division you're going to have to stop the pass aren't you so I do think that makes a difference having two or three really athletic linebackers. Um, Chris Jones up front, obviously he's not going to start at edge like he did last year, so hoping for a better season for him. Um, they've also got Danny Shelton, um, who's an absolute unit, uh, on the practice squad that's probably due to come up for the first game. So they're going to have an extra run stuffing DT. So I think the DTs are good as well. We're just going to see if uh, Frank Clark has another season um, like last year, or can he get back to, to old Frank Clark? Um Last question then on the, the defence, I guess. What are your thoughts on swapping Tyra Matthew for Justin Reed? Do you think that's going to be an upgrade or is it going to be an upgrade just in the run? Because obviously Justin Reed's known for being a bit of a beast, whereas Tyra Matthew's a, a lot smaller, isn't he? What are your thoughts on No, I'm, I'm going upgrade kind of all around. Obviously, he's a much, much less known player throughout the league, I think. And when kind of a casual fan would say you've swapped... Justin Reed for a Tara Matthew, you'd think that was a downgrade. I do think that's a an upgrade all around, especially especially in the run, like you said, with the size. But yeah, I, I really like that at the time. I thought that was a, a great pickup. So yeah. Yeah. Additions by subtraction as well this year with losing Sorensen and uh, <laughs> Ben Neiman, who just constantly used to get killed and Twitter highlights of just them being in the wrong place used to go down all the time. So even though these rookies are going to make mistakes, I'm glad I'm not seeing like a 30-year-old slow linebacker or safety having to <laughs> chase people around the field. I'm quite happy about that. But yeah, no, I think the defence is going to be a lot better than people think. But yeah, the secondary is going to be the thing. If the front is really good, then the secondary don't have to cover for as long, do they? So um, they're going to kind of try and help each other out, I guess. Um, moving over to the offence, obviously we know Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, elite combo. Uh, we spoke about Tyreek Hill a lot in that trade episode we did and then in the Miami episode. But what are your thoughts on the the wide receiver room? Because I know there was a lot of talk when the first trade happened about the Chiefs being weaker, but now it seems like national media in America, when you listen to the podcast, are coming around that wide receiver two through five is a lot better than it was last year where the Chiefs were just rolling out kind of nobody's there. But um, yeah, I, th- I 100% agree with that. Yeah, it's definitely a deeper room 
that probably just hasn't got the kind of number one to blow the doors off sort of thing. You could see a bit more coverage on Kelsey, but with the room being that deep, it, it may not matter. I mean, when you've got Mahomes and Andy Reid together like that, I, I really don't think it's going to matter that much. It just, in my opinion, may see less kind of bigger chunk plays than what you did with Tyreek. So... I know Valdez, Scantling and Hardman are kind of speed guys who can get big chunk plays. I just don't see it as much as yeah. getting open as Tyreek would. But overall, it is a, it, it's a deep room, isn't it? Yeah, I think they might get close to seeing as many, you know, when like Valdez, Scantling is wide open down the field and Holmes chucks it 50 yards. I think you'll still see that. But you know those plays where Tyreek Hill would catch it maybe 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. It's not a deep pass, but that 15 yard would turn into a 50 yard. I think you're going to see a lot less of that, but I think I still think you'll get those bombs. But I think, and you'll get a lot in obviously in the underneath from Kelsey and Schuster. But I think you might see that less. Do you know what I mean? In that kind of twenty to thirty range, maybe. Yeah, um, that kind of play that the really that only the Chiefs have been producing the last three years in in the whole league, where they just turn ten yards into fifty and yeah. get points straight away. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think also. Um, there's a lot of talk. The only thing I think it benefits, which I get your one your opinions, I think they might be better in the red zone because I was reading a good article yesterday from uh, a guy called Ollie Connolly who who writes about the NFL, and um, some of it was talking about the size. So like last year, the average starting three receivers for the Chiefs were like five foot ten, five foot eight, and five foot nine, whereas they're going to have like six foot two, six foot one, six foot this year, and the tight ends, uh, the secondary tight end is six foot six now. So. Um, I think they could be better in the red zone because Tyreek Hill's speed never really mattered in the red zone, like we saw against the Bengals, because there's no space there. You can't ever really get your speed up. So that's why Travis Kelsey always gets so many touchdowns for the Chiefs. Do you think there's a chance with such bigger receivers? Uh, Valdez Scantling's obviously big. Juju smith has always got a lot of touchdowns when he's played well. Do you think they could be better in the red zone, but maybe not quite as good between the 20s? Yeah, yeah, I could agree with you there because I, I do like Juju in the um, red zone when he was working with Big Ben. Caught a lot of TDs there, didn't he? So, no, I can see, see that opinion. Obviously, that's not Tyreek Hill's main strength, is it? Because no. basically the size and the field, obviously when the field is shrunk down, there's just less space, isn't there? So, yeah. And you can double him. You can double him easier in the red zone. You're me into the Chiefs again. Oh, yeah, that's the the plan. Let's talk you maybe out of the Chiefs um, a little bit. Uh, Area of the game you love even more than me, the run game. What are your thoughts on on this run game? Obviously, they run a lot of outside zone, which makes no sense with how good the guards are. But they're probably still going to run loads of outside zone, which I think is the weakest area of the offensive line. Uh, And they've got running backs that are probably either injured a lot, underachieved, and then a seventh rounder that I like. But obviously, we all like seventh rounders on our teams that end up doing nothing. So <laughs> are you worried about the the run game at all? Or do you think maybe it'll be better second year of obviously a really good offensive line and maybe if Clyde actually has a healthy season for once? Yeah, I mean, I've still got hope for Edward Zillay, to be honest with you. But I think, like you said, it is the weakest point of the whole team. And I'm not, uh, not sold on... Uh, Ronald Jones is going to contribute at any good level. You wouldn't want to also rely on kind of Pacheco either coming in the seventh round. Whatever he can kind of produce is going to be a bonus, isn't it? But it is a weak area. Yes. McKinnon is an interesting kind of speed guy, but he's not like a horseback. It does depend a lot on Edwards alert, doesn't it? Yeah, physically, you look at it and you think Pacheco really needs to be the workhorse back, doesn't he? But obviously that's not going to happen because McKinnon and Clyde are both injured a lot and very small, <laughs> um, which isn't made for a hell of a lot of rushes in the middle of the field. But yeah, I'm not sure Pacheco's going to do that. He seems to be much more of a pass back for the Chiefs already, which is ironic. Bear in mind, he's absolutely massive <laughs> compared to the rest of the running backs, but he's a bit of a pass down unit. So we'll see what happens. But um, you never know. They could kind of trick us all with the whole too high and start running the ball down the middle a little bit more rather than outside and, and clear up the passing things. We'll see. Um, hardest strength, uh, sorry, hardest strength schedule in the whole NFL, according to Warren Sharp's metric. It's the hardest in the last 10 years. Um, but they caught a bit of a break with the Hopkins um, suspension early on in the season. The Cardinals, obviously, have not had the greatest off season. Um, weirdly, do the Chiefs need to have a really good first three or four weeks just to get going before that schedule between like weeks four and nine just becomes crazy? 
Yeah, it's tough old schedule, isn't it? I was going down it earlier thinking, Jesus, this is a big schedule. This is going to be a lot of TV games because there's a lot of night games. Yeah, true. Isn't there? That I've just seen that there's a lot of night games. No sleep for me, which is lovely. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. I mean, there you go, got Chargers, Rams, and Rome with Ben Bostafall. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I view that Chiefs got to be winning in Arizona, I think. And then obviously go straight into Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is an absolute crime, by the way. You know my thoughts on Thursday night football. Should be <laughs> saved for the Jaguars and Giants. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's a tough start, mate. It's obviously got the Bucks in week four. It'll be interesting. But I'm expecting the Chiefs to come out hot, I think. Uh, yeah. not, a, not a repeat of last season. I almost think playing the Bucks and Cardinals in the first four weeks is going to be the easiest time to play those two teams because the Bucks with that interior offensive line are going to have a lot of things to to work on and Godwin's obviously not going to be fully fit at least by then and Evans has already got a hamstring injury and the Cardinals I do think are the weakest good team that the Chiefs play so I think the schedule is really hard and everyone's like the start is so hard but I do think those first four weeks are easier now than they were than they could potentially be if this was the schedule was reversed because I wouldn't want to play Kyler with all his weapons there maybe if he's got into the season a bit, the offensive line's improved. And then you go to Tom Brady when he's fully functioning and then the Bucks offense, and maybe they've signed two offensive linemen from the street who are bloody all pros or some crazy stuff that Tom Brady manages to do. So, yeah, we'll see. Hard schedule, but um, but a good team. Let's move on I mean, to another... I say, though, week six and week seven, both games are at 9.25. Chiefs at home to Bills and then at the 49ers the next week. Just book them in on Sky now and let's just... <laughs> Full games because they are two stunning games for the late window. How's that Bills game not a night game though? I know it's good for us. Yeah, yeah, maybe because the Chiefs have got so many already. I don't know, but it's yeah. You think that was the one to put on though, wouldn't you? Rather than like Chiefs Broncos. (laughs) Would would yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, Broncos a big team, I guess. But yeah, yeah, interesting off season. Um, sounds like we're both. I'm obviously going to be high, but I'm I am higher on this year than I was last year. We had a lot of talk last year that I was worried about wide receiver two, and I was really worried about the pass rush, whereas I'm, I feel much better about those two than I did last year. So, And it's always nice not to have to cheer for the person that started kill. <laughs> so um, that, that's a little bit easier as a as an NFL fan. Um, now, we're not going to talk about the Chargers here because <laughs> they didn't finish second in the division. We're going to talk about the Raiders. Um, head coaching change probably, for me, the most important in this division, um, just because of who he is. So Josh McDaniel is coming over from the Patriots. I think Ziegler is the name of the GM, isn't it, as well, that came over. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, so very much Patriots way. Patriots West, I guess, after the Lions have tried Patriots where, wherever the Lions are. <laughs> um, in terms of players they've lost, they lost Yannick and Gokwe in that trade for Rocky Asin. Um, they've released Alex Leatherwood, um, which is hilarious. I, I did see a graph earlier. They've re- they have not signed 50% of their first round pick since 2018. They have not gone past the rookie contract. So uh, that's by far the worst record ever in the NFL for, for a four-year span. Um, Casey Hayward, who was really, really good last year. Marcus Mario, who was the backup. And then they cut Kenyon Drake, who has now signed with Baltimore. Uh, in terms of players they brought in, Devontae Adams is clearly the biggest one in that huge trade with the Packers. Uh, Chandler Jones, edge player that played really well in Arizona over the last couple of years. He's re- he, he's a really good addition opposite Crosby. Um, Anthony Everett, who was a good cornerback for the Ravens last year, played a lot of games. Then Rocky Sin, like I said, in that trade. Um, in the draft, they had Dylan Parham, who's a guard out of Memphis, who me and you actually both thought was actually a relatively good pick. And then Zamir White, who's had three ACL surgeries from Georgia. So we'll see <laughs> see if that ends up working out. Um, yeah, what a weird offseason for them. I, I think they're better because Josh McDaniels is a good coach. But the Raiders, I never liked Gruden, but at least he can call an offense. Do you know what I mean? Every time the Chiefs played the Raiders under Gruden, the offense was still good. So I'm just a bit concerned, is Josh going to be able to call it as good as that? But on paper, the weapons on the offence are, are insane. But I think it's obvious where the hole is on the team when you look at the offence. Yeah, unfortunately, the line is not good, is it? <laughs> no, it's probably the worst, I think, in the league, isn't it, would you say? It, it's up there. It's certainly the worst in the division, which is, is going to be an issue, True. isn't it? True. In the in the arms race of kind of putting up points, that's going to be the biggest issue because it's not like yeah, defense obviously is going to be important in this division, but scoring points and putting putting points up on the board is going to be the main thing because every team has a great quarterback 
So it's yeah, it's a shame, really. But uh, the... and the the division's flooded with edge rushes as well, aren't they? Yeah, all the teams. Is, yeah, I know the Chiefs is probably the weakest one of that group, but even the Chiefs have got edge rushes or interior rushes that are going to c- cause these O linemen problems. So. I think it's not even the fact you have to keep up with the other teams. It's the fact you're going to have to have good edge rushers and good defensive tackles hammering players that I don't know if they should probably, some of them probably not even backups at this level. I know they've added a couple of guys on practice squad and waivers in the last couple of days that aren't on the chart yet because they're not officially signed. But yeah, the current offensive line for me is an issue. Um, and I think the interior is where I'm most worried about it because there's some teams there because even though Cleo Max and edge rusher, him and Chris Jones both rush from the interior often, especially if the Chargers play three down fronts. So I think, to be honest, that interior is going to get killed a little bit in this division. Yeah, Leicester Cotton Senior is <laughs> right. <laughs> is, is <laughs> John Simpson was bad last year as well, and he's left guard. Yeah, I know Dylan Parham could displace him, but listening to a Raiders fan in the week, it will be the starting lineup that we've got here unless they sign someone. So I think it's it's pretty big of an issue, but um, if they give Carr two seconds, how good is the the rest of the offense? Obviously, Josh Jacobs gets a lot of stick, but it's higher than a league average running back for me. I think he's probably he's a lot better than what the Chiefs have got. Um, and then you've got Hunter Renfro, who's probably one of the best slot receivers in the league. And then you've got Devontae Adams, who people think is the best receiver across the whole league. And then Darren Waller, who's a top five tight end. So how, how good are those weapons compared to the rest of the league? Yeah, really good. Uh, I think Ren- I think the addition of Devontae Adams is going to send Hunter Renfro into the kind of stratosphere of kind of stats and catches-wise because he's going to get a lot of coverage. I don't know what to expect, to be honest, from from, uh, from Devontae with uh, the Raiders in the first season. It's, I feel like it could open it up for everyone else, including uh, Waller. It was, he didn't. Yeah, my poor season. He had a, a down season, maybe by his kind of lofty standards last year. But got double covered a lot, though, didn't he? Which I think mm. is what you're saying. Adams, would yeah, help with. exactly. When you're lining up Devonta, you know he's going to get doubled. So it's yeah, it's interesting. I think it's going to open it up so much for Renfro and Waller. But Derek Carr, he, he's still going to need a substantial amount of time, isn't he? Especially within the division. So it's yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, he's the worst quarterback in the he's the worst quarterback in the division consensus. But in the NFL, is he still the top fifteen quarterback? Because he can still throw the ball deep down the field. Some of it seems to be more like doesn't like taking hits and stuff. I know that's a common thing with him. But do you think he's still top fifteen, or for you, is he not quite that level? No, I'm happy. I'm happy for top fifteen. If I quickly yeah. in my head wrote it down, I'm sure he would definitely make the top fifteen in in kind of my eyes. I think they'd be more than happy with kind of. I mean, Derek Carr, the way it is now with the rest of the offence. So, yeah. I, so, Kenyon Drake I never got for the Raiders when they had um, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. I do hope that Zamir White can get over his kind of injury issues. But what's the Amir Abdullah as well? I've noticed on the depth chart, so that could be quite interesting. Yeah, and Brandon Bolden, obviously, New, yeah. New England leaks. That's the problem with Josh, isn't it? Is he going to have that? Because New England have never really gone bell cow, have they, for a while. It's always been committee back. And I do think they could do that again, which pretty much kills Josh Jacobs' fantasy value. And he has really dropped down in drafts. But um, from a fantasy point of view, where would you be be thinking of Adams? It, like, Just say if Adams was it with Aaron Rodgers now in this Packers team, just say they didn't draft uh, two receivers, they only drafted one because they've still got Adams. He'd probably be a top six pick, wouldn't he, in most people's fantasy drafts with, with Aaron Rodgers. How far do you see him falling in your eyes, tier-wise? Would you still be taking him in that first round of fantasy drafts, or are you really worried about having such uh, good receivers with him? No, I don't think I would take him in the first round. He also goes with kind of what I've seen in drafts as well. It kind of goes into the second. But I have been, in every draft I've done, I've just tried to pick Hunter Renfro in every draft. He's <laughs> just, just going to absolutely kill it this season. Yeah, I think that's a fair pick. And he's probably going late as well. I don't know what round he's going in, but he's going in later than you think. Um, I think yeah, exactly. Waller's going as like tight end five now as well. So he's also a pretty, pretty clever pick. Um, move over to the defence then. Obviously, Max Crosby had an elite season last year. Chandler Jones started the year well, but did fade. But I still think he's a, he's a very good player. Um, Jonathan Hankins in the middle with Billings. They're just going to stop the run. Really good front. Um, does that front need to be absolutely incredible? 
to put up with the, <laughs> the secondary in this defense? Or have we got a little bit of hope that secondary can improve this year? Because on paper, I know there's a couple of young players there, but there's not a lot of depth for me in that linebacker or the secondary room. So I think the front four needs to be really good. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think Jonathan Abrams had quite a disappointing career so far. I mean, he's a first-round pick for the Raiders, so that sort of tells you, <laughs> tells you what, doesn't it? I quite like Morig, actually. I'm hoping he can kind of step up to the next level. And like like we said during the summer, I, I liked the trade for um, Yassin, but I think the front four, they've got to be excellent in this division, haven't they? It's, I do. I, I, I love Crosby, actually. I mean... Coming out of the fourth round, I mean, his production is amazing. And Chandler Jones, I think if you can kind of channel him for a full season of motivation, then because that really dipped off at the end, didn't it? Kind of for yeah, it did. Jones. So yeah, I got faith. I really like the front four. Uh, I like Perryman. I said that they've added from Carolina to be fair, middle linebacker. But... Overall, I think this is going to be a decent uh, defence. Jonathan Abram, I mean, such a disappointment. I keep staring at his name on the death chart. I <laughs> loved him coming out of college, but he's, he's just not done the business, has he? No, he hasn't. And they traded slot corner Nate Hobbs as well to uh, the Cardinals. So I thought he was really good last year. So I thought that was a bit of a weird trade. I thought yeah. he'd have been a good player. But the reason they did it, listening to a Raiders fan of the week, is he's very much a zone slot corner um, and this Raiders team, which is quite surprising when you look at the names, they're swapping to a man-heavy defense. So they're going to be asking these corners in front of us now on this depth chart to man up against um, some of the best offenses in the in the league in the AFC West, but also the AFC in general, because all the teams have got a relatively hard schedule. So um, I'll be interested to see if that works out for them. I think if the front's good, there'll be games where the man stuff does work because you're not going to have enough time for people to get open. But if the front's struggling in any games of Chandler Jones having a down day, I do think that man defence with those names could get ripped apart, but we'll see. Um, in terms of strength of schedule, like I said, the whole division's got a pretty hard one. Uh, the Raiders have got the third hardest in the league, so there's no easy games for them. What are your thoughts on looking at the start of the season? Is there any chance they could uh, need to get off to a flight there just with how the schedule looks later on? Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the first week as well is just... Uh... <laughs> incredible game in it and well they've got three AFC West opponents in the first five games haven't they yeah they have yeah with Arizona and Tennessee kind of sandwiched in between that so it's a it's a tough start but I don't know about that first week you know it's there's <laughs> so much hype on I mean we're going to talk about the Chargers next aren't we there's so much hype on them I'm just not sure whether they're going to Live up to those lofty standards. I, I like I like Vegas in the in the first game. I got to tell you. Oh, do you want to have a guess what you think the spread might be? Have you seen? Game? Have you have you got the spread? I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I've got it open now, so I know it now. So minus minus uh, four and a half charges. Oh, close. Minus three and a half. Oh, nice. It's in LA as well, so I thought the line might be a bit bigger than that. Yeah, um, it was in the line. Chiefs have now moved up to minus four against the Cards. It was minus three. I think the whole world was smashing that. I don't know. It seems like the Cardinals are not a believed-in team. But yeah, even the Raiders play the Cardinals in week two. So the Cardinals are going to have quite a big say in the first two weeks, aren't they? If they manage to beat both those AFC West opponents, then the Chargers are going to be laughing, aren't they? If the, yeah, absolutely, yeah. If the Cardinals manage to steal two games there. But um, yeah, it's a pretty tough schedule. It gets relatively okay in the middle. Um, to have Texans followed by the Saints, followed by the Jags, followed by the Colts. Um, I think that, that that's the part of the schedule where it does ease down a little bit. And then we get to see an old-fashioned uh, Patriots-Raiders game just before Christmas, which will probably be absolutely minging to watch. And there'll be lots of uh, run plays that we don't think they should call, but they will. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like it. It's a good stadium. The, the, the uniforms are really cool, so I think they're going to be involved in some massive games. They've got more nighttime games this year than they had last year. Um, so I think they're going to be a fun team. The offences look scary, but... Just can Derek Carr. If they had a quarterback who could run, you'd almost be like, look, the weapons are so good that the offensive line does matter, but with a good left tackle, we can cope with it. But because he stands in the pocket and he's not very good at taking hits, I think it makes it worse. So, yeah, I think we're going to see some 40-point games from the Raiders, and then I think we're going to see some 17-point games where Devontae Adams really disappoints people in fantasy. But we'll see. Um, cool, let's move over to the darlings of the offseason, as always. Um, the Chargers, my pick to, to finish above there. The Raiders, I think, um, as I'm thinking about it. But um, in terms of frequency losses, 
they didn't really lose much. Kazir White was a good player last year for them, played a lot of snaps, but probably wouldn't have played as many this year. He's gone. Chris Harris Jr., a uh, bit of a disastrous signing for them with all of his injuries. He's gone. Uh, Jared Cook, tight end's gone. And Iwosa as well, who's uh, another kind of front player that played a lot of snaps last year. He's gone. Um, in free agency, they replaced them with Khalil Mack in that trade with the Bears. Um, they added Carl Van Noy, who's going to play a lot of snaps by the looks of it for them from the Patriots. Uh, they added JC Jackson, also from the Patriots. Uh, and then they added Troy Reader, who had a good season last season. And then Gerald Everett is the tight end. In the draft, they added Zion Johnson. Um, they didn't have a second-round pick because of the Khalil trade, so they added JT Woods, who's a very, very athletic safety uh, in the third round. And then Isaiah Spiller, running back after, from Texas A&M, who I think you quite liked uh, in the, well, I don't know, is that fourth round? Yeah. Fourth or fifth round, yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like the Chargers have been off-season dance for a while, so you're probably more neutral than me. Um, what, what are your thoughts looking at it now? Because on paper, there's a hell of a lot of stars now on this team, but um, I'd still say there's a lot of injury worries across the whole defence. Yeah, it's incredibly star-heavy. And to be honest, I, I get annoyed when teams get hyped up so much. You know what I mean, obviously, we know how good Herbert is, you know, but, you know, this year got to make the playoffs bare minimum of making the playoffs for me justify the hype um, yeah I, I kind of worry when you get so many star names you know what I mean Mac is very injury prone the last couple of years with Chicago but when he is healthy obviously he's a complete menace going to be opposite both Joe Bosa another one it was a lot of injury problems. You keep those two healthy and you think, my God, that is going to be tough because they're pretty decent through the middle as well with um, Joseph Day, I quite like to come across from the Rams and Austin Johnson. But yeah, he's keeping them healthy and have they gone for kind of like the star power over kind of maybe just a, a healthy roster. They're de- definitely what I would say they've taken a swing haven't they for yeah it feels for me it's like like they don't want to make the playoff this for me feels like you've taken a swing to win the super bowl right because you've got herbert on his rookie deal still and you've got kind of like the still got probably the trendiest coach in the nfl right <laughs> brandon staley was uh, very very trendy last year wasn't he as uh, first year head coach but yeah i, I love jc jackson pick up i mean he's done great for us such a i think he was undrafted wasn't he yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he has gave himself a huge deal. I, I, I sincerely hope that Derwin James as well, that he's healthy this year. But again, that's another injury. What are you talking about all the stars on defence and can they, can they stay healthy? I think that's going to be the key, isn't it? And if they do, maybe you're going to have to watch out. That's the problem with that. Because sometimes you have a lot of injuries across the team. But when, but it's their stars, isn't it? That the ones that are injury prone. It's not those like oh, yeah. good rotational pieces. He's quite old. Like Carl Van Noy is is quite old. He fits that. He, oh, if he struggles with an injury, that's a little bit of a loss. But for this team, it's not. It's literally their best players, isn't it? Apart from probably their defensive tackles, who are really, really good. They're, they're they've been relatively healthy all season. Touch with us, stay healthy. But um, I think Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, uh, and arguably depending if you like Santi Samuel Jr. or not, Bryce Callahan, who they've added as well, who's a really good corner, all five of those players get injured a lot. <laughs> if they don't get injured a lot, the defence is probably, the, for me, maybe best in the AFC, second or third best in the NFL, um, just because the depth is not quite as good as other teams. But if they have injury problems, I think we could see issues again for the defence when last year we thought they were going to be great because of Staley's record in, in LA with the Rams. But I think last year they underachieved a little bit and, this year, if this isn't a top 10, 8 defensive unit in DVOA, I think there'll be questions asked about him because obviously he calls the defensive plays as well as being head coach. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of questions <laughs> asked no matter where they finish in DVOA based on the winning record, really, isn't it, for this team? Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're a bit more um, dubious than, about him than me anyway, aren't you? I think last year, some of the fourth down stuff, because obviously it did win them a game against the Chiefs, but there was two or three games where they were... I don't know, fourth and five in their own 40 and they'd go for it and not get it and they lost those games. And I remember you being a bit worried about is he too aggressive on those situations? Yeah, and I mean, I love kind of the uh, the aggression, but sometimes when you're deep in your own end, let's, let's not kind of do that. But yeah, okay, I suppose that's the kind of like the new age really of coming in, but you've got to be backing that up with wins, haven't you? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, cool, let's go to the offense then. Um, where does this offense rank in the division, do you think? After uh, saying how good those Raiders options are, obviously. Yeah, how good the Raiders options are. I want to say that with combining Herbert, it could be one, but you know, when you've got Mahomes and Travis Kelsey still, for me, it's that still is the benchmark, even though the wide receiver room maybe has not got the elite thing there for the Chiefs anymore. But I don't know, for me, it's so hard. I, I, I love Allen and Mike Williams as a duo. They've not really added anything behind them, have they, this season? As far as weapons go, they've not really added anything this season, have they? It's all just been defence. They're just happy to go again, aren't they? Yeah. And then the, the progression of once again of Herbert into his third. Yeah, that Zion, the Zion pick is the one they're hoping can progress the offence, aren't they? And, yeah, right. But right. Obviously, there was no tackles left, so they had to go go with the guard. If this roster said Chris Olave instead of Zion Johnson, would you be higher on them or lower on them? Because obviously, just you'd have to put a random right guard in there that's maybe someone on the roster like um, Hymas or maybe Storm Norton switch inside. If that happened, would you feel stronger about them with, with like an Olave type, or would you? You think like Zion's good enough? I to think if Zion can come in as a, a as a top tier, well, I mean top tier above average NFL star at right guard, I think that's going to make your offense better overall than than, than with like a Chris Olave. So interesting, yeah, uh, Gerald Everett addition as well at tight yeah. end. Really interesting because he was really good at, with LA and then awful with Seattle because <laughs> he had that three fumble game, didn't he? He fumbled, <laughs> he fumbled two in the red zone, and uh, I, I don't think anyone's forgiven him since then. But yeah, Trey Pitkins at right tackle is going to be the one that causes people to worry. I think if you're a if you're a Chargers fan, wasn't very good last season. Um, better than Storm Norton though, <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that right tackle is going to need a lot of help. But from the rest of the line, you're pretty safe, aren't you? There, I think. Um, and I think Joshua Palmer, a player that people like, plays very similar to Keen Allen. So uh, I wonder if they're training him up for, for that role. But um, yeah, very good offense on paper. Probably got, well, not probably, definitely got the best running back in the division as well, which I think will make a difference, um, especially the fact that he can catch so much out the backfield. Uh, and I've seen him go in top six, seven in drafts. And I think that's probably a fair shout. If he stays healthy again, he's another one that picks up a knock or two. But uh, I think the run game here or the passing game out of the running back room will be pretty good with him in there as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, when you go through it and if you could kind of, but if you're playing Madden in real life and you turn the injury sliders off, this is a pretty scary roster, isn't it, for the rest of the division? Yeah, it is. Um, quick fact for you, though. Can you, can you believe this is true? Um, Justin Herbert and Big Ben had the same average depth of target last year. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. And that is all because of OC Joe Lombardi, who comes from the Saints, playing that Drew Brees offense. Um, and for me, I think what makes this team scary is if they actually decide to to go down the field more often and be a bit more aggressive. I think some of that is actually on Herbert. And I was listening to Chargers fan talk about this this week, and it made a lot of sense. He's so perfect going from read one to two to three to four progression that sometimes he won't just wait and be like, right, I've got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. One of them is going to get open down the field. Let me buy some time. And we're going to throw this 40, 50 yards. And I think if he can unlock that, then I think that's when everyone across the league will be like, OK, he's up there with, with Allen and Mahomes. I think he's better than Josh Allen, but most people disagree. So uh, I think if he can unlock that and be a bit more aggressive, um, I think that the offence could, could take another leap. Um, and hopefully the special teams has also been better than last year because <laughs> that might actually make a difference in some of these uh, tight AFC West games. Um, let's go over to the Broncos then. Another coaching change. So Nathaniel Hackett comes over from Green Bay. Ex Jaguars OC, obviously Green Bay OC. So he's played in a well, coached in a few different types of offenses. Um, in terms of players they've lost, they lost Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Nerf Fan in that trade. They lost Teddy Bridgewater, um, which is not the world's biggest loss <laughs> to Miami. Uh, Carl Fuller, who was actually good last year, and then Bobby Massey as well, uh, who's played there for a long time. Um, they've added Russell Wilson in that huge, huge trade. They've had Billy Turner to play right tackle. So I think he might be injured. Kawan Williams, a good cornerback. Um, Randy Gregory from the Cowboys after the Cowboys thought they'd signed him. And then Alex Singleton as well, who again is a surprisingly good player in terms of some depth on this roster. Uh, in the draft, they didn't really have much. They had Nick Benito in the ed uh, edge rusher from Oklahoma. He's just a pure speed rusher. And they added Greg Dolchich, tight end at UCLA, who I love, but has not played at all with the ones in the whole preseason. So I'm not sure what we're going to 
see out of him. But on paper, I think he's a, a really good player. Um, this is kind of all about Russell Wilson, mate. And I guess we should probably mention that contract. Um, what was it? Over two and. Over 280 million, was it? Over five years. So I think it works out that they're committed to nearly $300 million over the next seven seasons for him. Gets a nice raise for this season. Um, but that's going to take him... I'll see how old he is, but it's going to take him quite a while. I saw it earlier, just about to say to you, I didn't realise he was 33. Yeah, take him up to 39 then, that contract will. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts, I guess, on A, that contract, and B, how much he can make a difference to this team that's been crying out for quarterback since they won the Super Bowl? Uh, the contract, yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it, for a 33-year-old? But yeah, you kind of have to do it. You're traded for it. <laughs> you, you, you really you kind of just have to do it, don't you? And it's just everyone sat. I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to be sat there, isn't he, rubbing his hands together, I'm sure, but whenever that happens. But yeah, this team is going to go as far as Wilson can take them. They brought him in thinking that we can challenge the Chiefs for the division, right? That is the only reason, kind of. I mean, they, they had to really do something because they've been so middling a quarterback for such a long time that they had to do something. And it's exciting, but like a lot of trepidation with the Broncos because how much, because the division is so good, how much truly like, have they improved? So they were 7 and 10 last year. How many games have they improved with Wilson? It's. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really difficult, isn't it, to, to kind of say until it gets going. I think that probably this is the most intriguing team in the division because I'm yeah. not expecting them to be incredible to begin with. But if they come out of the traps like flying, then the division for me kind of goes wide open. I think it's safe to say this is the team that's got the highest ceiling but but lowest floor of those teams. Like Chiefs yeah, and Chargers, I'd be surprised if both don't win 10 games. But the Broncos could win seven games again, and I wouldn't be completely shocked, but they could also win 12, and I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> yeah, no, I, com- I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think the thing with Russell Wilson is he is a very good quarterback, top 10, 12 for me. Um, but it's just the way he has to play, isn't it? Because of his height. He never throws the ball in the middle of the field. He always throws the ball long, down on the outside of the numbers. Um, he obviously doesn't want his teams to run the ball loads, even though that's probably the best way for his teams to play because he just doesn't ever throw in the middle of the field. <laughs> and his receivers in Denver are all built to go in the middle of the field, or not all of them, but two or three of the best ones are built to go in the middle of the field, something he doesn't do. So I don't really... And you've got an OC... Well, not an OC, but Nathaniel Hackett is a head coach who's going to call plays who has coached in three different offences. I know his West Coast original, but... I have no idea what the offense is even going to look like. I know we're going to see some bombs, obviously, but I don't know how efficient it's going to be. I think we could definitely see like two drives where they're three and out both times because Russ just doesn't hit that middle of the field throw, and then they score two eighty-yard bombs in the next two. I think. Yeah, I think. His, I think again, yeah. yeah, I do think the offense could look quite weird. Um, what are your thoughts on the the offensive line for this team? You spoke about the Raiders being the clear worst. I think for me, this is clear second worst, and it's probably in a bit of a tier between the top two and bottom two in this division because on paper. I know there's a couple of good players here, but there's not really a lot to write home about for a quarterback that definitely does need some protection. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've had Billy Turner, haven't they, come over from the Packers and yeah. next to Quinn. Ah, the, the right side, ah, I, I, I far prefer to the left side. Obviously, with Quinn Miners expecting to take a step forward this season. But it's again, it's a tough, can you kind of protect Ross, who's kind of, he's not the iron man. He once was either, is he? So it's yeah. They, uh, this I, I can't get a handle on this team to be honest <laughs> with you <laughs> until until you kind of see it. And I don't trust this is going to be a real. Obviously, we'll talk about the schedule, but they got they got the Seahawks and Texans week one and two. You're still not going to know anything about the Broncos, are you? Until right. kind of week three and four, which they'll still have a winning record by then. Yeah, you'll see my uh, final thoughts when we do our division order on how high I am on the Broncos. But uh, we might know a little bit more if the Seahawks manage to beat them. Because that would be absolutely nuts, I think, with, with how things are going on there. Because I know they're going to be nice to each other before the game and during the game and after the game. But 
that he does not like Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll does not like him. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, so I think that's going to be quite a nice game. But yeah, you're right. If they're not 2-0 and coming out of the start and with how hard the Chargers and Chiefs schedule is to start the season, I think that they'll be disappointed if they're not winning as in first in the division when it comes to week three um, with a couple of games against Raiders and Colts to follow who they'd also probably fancy. So yeah, the Broncos definitely got the best schedule. Um, I think they probably should win a lot of games in the first half of the season before that schedule does get quite tricky. They've got Chiefs Chargers quite close together towards the end. That's that's a pretty difficult one. Um, let's look at the defence then. I thought it was a bit overrated. Actually, no. Last thing on the offence, from a fantasy football point of view, which wide receiver are you fancying to, if you had to pick one in your team? I'd probably go caught on Sutton, to be honest with you. I've not picked any of them this year. I haven't done that many <laughs> drafts, to be honest with you, this summer, but... Um... Yeah, I'd go Sutton, but I've not actually picked any. I like quite a lot of KJ Hamler real late on. I don't think Calabi can take a step. Yeah, a bit of a bomb threat if his injury is good, isn't it, for him? Um, yeah, I think Tim Patrick probably had a chance to be the best, but unfortunately. Yeah, what a shame that is. Yeah, unfortunately, obviously, he got that injury. Um, yeah, I don't know. Joe Judy's a weird one. I mean, Joe Judy, I don't want to keep talking about it, but thrives in the middle of the field <laughs> and this quarterback does not thrive in the middle of the field so we'll see and it's also quite weird how they've not been putting Albert O with the first team as tight end because he can't block apparently so um, yeah the offence is going to be weird <laughs> it's going to be good but it's going to be weird um, what about the defence then for me I think the secondary is really good I think it is overrated a little bit with Ronald Darby having to start games and Queen Jackson who I think has definitely lost a step but there's some big big talent there but for me I think we spoke about the Chargers injuries um, I think Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb are two of the most injury-prone edge rushers in the NFL. If they're healthy for 15 games each, the defense will get a lot of sacks. But if they have injury issues, I think this defense is really going to struggle to get any pressure. And even though Pat Sertain's great, I think that secondary could be had if if you don't. I think that's probably the key area for me, is their pass rush. Is it going to be great or is it going to be below average because of injuries? And there's not a lot behind Gregory. <laughs> Chubb is there. I think that is. They're playing um, Baron Browning, who I think we spoke about after the draft that year. Um, he's the, he's a new edge rusher now. They've moved him. Uh, it says linebacker on this sheet, but he's their backup edge rusher. So I think that says a lot. Wow, I, I didn't know that they moved yeah. him. To be you, but yeah, that is yeah. There's not a lot come over there. When you go in the linebacker, Alex Singleton has come over from the Eagles and. I'm not sure that that's going to be any sort of upgrade for him. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of tackles, but that's it. That's because he gets targeted every single play. But it's, uh, yeah, I do like the secondary. I know what you're saying about the. Uh, I think I feel like um, secondaries are difficult units to kind of uh, rate, really, because obviously Certain has got so much talent, and I love Justin Simmons as well, free safety. So, yeah. It's almost like those two are elite, and then the other two that are going to start are going to be slightly below average. But can two elite players bring the whole unit up? I think they probably can. If they're yeah, yeah, I would agree with you there for sure. I think he's got a chance to be one of the best cornerbacks in the whole league. Pat Sertain, I really, really like him. Um, and they've got new ownership as well. We should probably mention that. That's why this contract actually happened because it's the richest ownership in the NFL, so they can just chuck chuck money at the quarterback, and it's fine. Um, cool. Let's go to division predictions then. Um, We've also let's have a look actually how many AFC teams we've both already got in the playoffs because that's going to determine how many we can. Uh, oh, man, surely we have left a space for at least. Two. <laughs> uh, we both got two from the AFC North, so that's two. Yeah. Uh, we both got one in the South, so that's yeah. three. Um, and then what was the AFC East? Oh, <laughs> we both got one from the AFC East. Yeah, so we got space for three. Yeah, we got space for three. I, re- I actually regret that. I'm a bit higher on a couple of them, but that's fine. Um, who have you got winning the division then? Popular pick seems to be on uh, non-analyst-wise on Twitter is the Chargers, but I am having the Chiefs. My guy, you're only saying that because I'm here. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, that'll do for me. Until someone beats them, that's good enough for me. Yeah, true. Six, year, six years in a row they won it and four back-to-back AFC title games is a pretty good record to boast, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm with you on the Chiefs. Um, make it interesting, I guess. Is there any chance the Chiefs could have the number one record in the AFC? Obviously, they're going to have the hardest run and you're going to have the Bills 
you're going to have the AFC North and you're going to have the Colts or Titans that have got way easier schedules. Um, but is there still a chance whoever wins this division, whether it's Chief or Chargers, could be the one seed or are they going to beat up on each other too much? Yeah, I think so. You'd, you'd need another team to kind of lose some silly games, which Buffalo did do last year, to be fair. Including the Jags game. That Jags game's a joke. Every time I think about it, it doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> literally three weeks later, he threw for like 500 yards against Bill Belichick. So <laughs> he it, did what everyone wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, their offense was really. It was like the Chiefs when they had their bad spell. But yeah, in the playoffs, they looked really good. So everyone's kind of forgotten about that. Um, cool. Second division, I assume you're going to go Chargers or are you going to shock me? Yeah, I feel like you have to go for the Chargers, even though I feel like this division could just be kind of a shootout the last six weeks. But get, you'll have to give me Justin Herbert. Nice. Yeah. I can't believe you went Herbert over Allen, by the way. Yeah, I know. I was doing it this week and I had uh, Mahomes 1, Herbert 2, Rogers 3. That's my quarterbacks, I think. Interesting. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> Maybe I'm just um, like slightly scarred by the fact that I've, I've seen him lose so many AFC title games <laughs> to the Chiefs, maybe. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, cool. Third team in the division, then. Uh, you're going with uh, Dangerous, aka Mr. Unlimited. Mate, I actually, <laughs> I can't. It's so hard to say how can you improve so much at quarterback and still finish bottom of the division but man, I'm going to go for the Las Vegas Raiders to make the playoffs again oh, we talk too much because I'm typing as we speak I've got the Raiders finishing third <laughs> as well um, and I'm a person who always bangs on this podcast about how good the quarterback is and obviously the Broncos is way better than well not way better but better than um better than the, the Raiders quarterback but yeah I'm also with you I feel like we're like I should hate the Raiders and I historically have but I feel like on this podcast me and you are like random sneaky Raiders fans because we seem <laughs> to pick them to win all these big games um, and I'm probably going to pick them in week one so <laughs> against the Chargers I don't know why but I think I probably will well, I have no like actual reason why I'd pick them over the Chargers just because it's <laughs> my feelings that are bad you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I think JC Jackson might be out for that one which could make a difference but yeah, yeah we'll see so that means by uh, numbers, we have to have three playoff teams. So we're going to go Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders in the playoffs and the Broncos are missing out. And for me, I think the Broncos will miss out, but they'll still probably win eight or nine games. So they'll, yeah, be, only, the, they'll only be one game behind, I think. How can you, I wonder what the maximum kind of wins you can have as the bottom team of the division because you just have a quick scan through the um, schedule there and you're like, definitely going to win <laughs> at least seven games there and they're probably going to take a few in the division so it's yeah yeah it's hard uh, Raiders Chiefs by the way last game of the season oh yeah R- Raiders could have to uh, where at uh, that's in uh, Vegas baby oh, just win unbeaten at home that's still by that point so. <laughs> <laughs> according to us they will be yeah uh, and also it's Broncos Chargers last game <laughs> Oh, that's going to be a great week. The Broncos, imagine the Broncos are second in the division going into Christmas Day and they have to go Rams, Chiefs, Chargers. And then these teams play Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, Broncos play Rams on Christmas Day. Oh, lovely. That's quite fun. Um, the others don't. Um, but yeah, no, that's quite a fun game. Oh, Merry Christmas. It's 9.30 as well. Yeah, I know. That's a game that we'll actually be able to stay up and watch. Beautiful. Um Cool. So very, very quick recap then from the from the divisions in the AFC. We've got uh, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, both of us, um, which I think people will probably be unhappy with with the, with the Broncos. Um, I've gone with Ravens and Bengals. You've gone with Ravens and Bengals as well. Um, we've both gone Colts only, even though I'm starting to wane on that Colts pick and starting to uh, like the Titans a bit more. Uh, and we've both gone Bills. In the NFC, we've gone... You've gone Eagles and Cowboys. I've just gone Cowboys. <laughs> Which, by the way, I've literally bet on the Eagles to win the division yesterday. So I've completely changed that. We're going to stick to these, even though I disagree with myself. Um, we've both gone Bucks and Saints. I feel like that's quite chalky. I think that most people think them. I've gone with the Vikings winning the division and the Packers getting in. You've gone with the Packers winning and, and no Vikings. Uh, I've gone with Rams and 49ers. You've also gone with Rams and 49ers. So that's our... That's our playoff teams. Surely, surely we're going to be mega wrong somewhere down the line. Do you not think? Yeah. Well, the I, usually there's five five teams that make the playoffs at least that don't make it this, the following year. 
Yeah. So for us, I think we've got the Cardinals who make it, that don't make it this year. Um, we've got the Steelers, <laughs> obviously, that... Uh, God, how did it. they get in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, we've got the Patriots, that's three. We've got the Titans, that's four. And I think we've only got four teams, maybe. Oh, no, and the Ravens. So we have got five teams that... Oh, no, yeah, no, sorry. No, it's because, because of the Steelers. Yeah, we've only got four teams that didn't make last year. So I think we're, we're quite close with that prediction. We'll see if it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice, cool. Plan is next episode, it'll be a solo pod just for me, because Patrick's... Too busy, as always. You're making too much money printing um, Russell Wilson T-shirts, mate. Um, <laughs> um, but we'll do our awards and AFC title, well, AFC and NFC championship game picks and then pick who we're going to win the Super Bowl and, and then the awards. And then after that, we'll be back for uh, together for a week one preview. And then also I'll probably have Sam Farley, who's a betting analyst, on to talk about some some bets as well. Um, so remember to go follow us at GoFor2Pod, two being the number two. Go follow Patrick at MuggsNFL. Uh, if someone orders anything today, they're going to get it for the start of the season, or is that too close now? Oh, of course they will. Come on, <laughs> best customer service in the land. So <laughs> guarantee that. So get your stuff before the season starts, guys. Um, but yeah, we'll be back soon. Thanks again, everyone. And I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon.